0: Hey there. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Investor Types podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Angelini. On this episode, who we're talking to is we're talking to Mark Mazzarella about investing into Australian-listed real estate investment trusts. Now, if you've ever walked down the street and down through the city and you see a big building that has all the lights turned on, the offices fully rented, well, this might be a podcast for you if you want to be involved in one of those investments. These types of companies They're experts in ensuring that they have massive buildings that are able to rent out a lot of rooms. So this is a real gem of an episode with a great man. His company invests about $1.6 billion of people's money into these listed Australian companies who invest into the property market. So if you want to find some gold here, if you're an income-driven investor, then this might be the podcast for you. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Investor Types podcast. Now when you think about investing, um, a lot of people know about investing into Australian stocks and they think about banks, they think about investing into mining companies, but what a lot of people don't think about is investing into Australian listed real estate property companies or developers. So I'm here with Mark Mazzarella, um, who is an expert in this field. So Mark, thanks for coming on buddy. Mate, an absolute pleasure. Can you please tell me who you are, what you do, and what investing in Australian listed property is?
1: Sure. Well. I'm an assistant fund manager in APN Property Group's real estate securities team. So basically, what we do is aggregate investors' funds and invest that into publicly listed real estate securities called Australian Real Estate Investment Trusts. Mm -hmm. So that is basically um, the premise of our fund, is to put money to work into the listed property sector. But taking a step back, me personally, I suppose, I'm a property valuer by trade. So I started my career at Ernst Young about eight or nine years ago. Mm. Got qualified as a commercial property valuer and then moved into sort of the finance and capital market space and have been at APN for almost six years. Right,
0: so when you say looking at Australian real estate investment companies, so, so that are publicly listed, so anyone mm. can
1: buy them. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's probably important to make a differentiation between a real estate investment company and a REIT, so a Real Estate Investment Trust. The Real Estate Investment Trust is basically a vehicle that's used to own the direct assets Mm -hmm. and essentially derive all of its income, all the majority of it, from the rental income derived from tenants paying rent, much like yourself in this office.
0: Right, So so they
1: invest into big office buildings? That's exactly right, so from office buildings shopping centers, uh, industrial warehouses, yeah. right down to the more specialist classes of, of assets like storage facilities, yep. childcare centers, okay. and even petrol stations.
0: Right, so who are some of these companies so people can draw sort yeah, of like sure. an alignment?
1: So when it comes to office buildings, probably the largest in Australia uh, office specialist rate would be Dexis Property Group. Mm-hmm. So they own a no- number of assets in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, as well as a couple in Perth. Then there's things like uh, Westfield, so Centre Group, the Westfield-branded shopping centres in Australia. Shopping centres, yeah, yeah, massive. And, and then, of course, vicinity centres, which, of course, owns part of Emporium here in the Melbourne CBD, mm-hmm. and, of course, the jewel in the crown, Chadston. Yeah, <laughs> which obviously generate a lot
0: of income from food outlets, mm-hmm. from different retail outlets. That's right, department stores, a whole host of different retailers, yeah. essentially. So when you look at these companies you try to decide how to invest into different companies. What do you look at? How do you
1: value these things? Well, look, the first and foremost most important thing for any real estate investment trust investor is the income. So we have a look at what are their prospects for delivering solid growing income at the bottom line to the underlying investor Mm -hmm. in the form of dividends. Mm -hmm. So we have a look at things like their rental income, how high that dividend yield is relative to what their share price is trading at, but also how defensive that is. Mm-hmm. Is it all coming from one tenant? Is it coming from thousands of tenants? Is it all staggered over a period of time? Is it growing? Is it indexed? So every year in Australia, a number of reits have fixed annual rent increases, um, but others are indexed to say CPR, which of course at the moment is low. Mm. And so when you step through that, you have a look at, well, how good are the management team? What's their track record? Do they have a good leasing team? Because essentially this is about leasing space. Um, Are they good at allocating capital? Are they buying the right buildings? Are they doing the right things in the right markets? Can they add value? Can they spend some incremental money to repaint the walls or refit a section of the shopping centre to Mm -hmm. get better retailers in and drive some more foot traffic to drive sales? Yes, that's
0: obviously a very high capital injection as well. Yeah, that's right. So these companies have to allocate money that they get in from investors between do we buy something, do we release something, do we put capital into it to make it look a bit nicer and try to attract even better tenants? Absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. What are you seeing some of the trends at the moment? Are they going into, is there a lot of industrial, a lot of push for industrial, Mm -hmm. retail, is that really outperforming?
1: Yeah, so at the moment, I think if we want to step through the major asset classes, office has been tremendously strong, um, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, Mm -hmm. not so much in Brisbane and Perth, um, but they're definitely on the up in those markets. So Melbourne and Sydney's very much been led by um, a lack of supply. So supply and demand is important across every asset or investment class. Mm -hmm. And basically you've had a situation in Sydney and Melbourne where supply has been relatively constrained for a whole host of different reasons, um, yet demand, funnily enough, from our benign economic conditions has been relatively strong from corporates that need to be in the centralized areas Mm. of a CBD to undertake their business. Um, So we've seen some very strong rental growth, and that's translated through not only to valuation um, and the book value or or share price as well, um, but to the growing dividends from the office- uh, dominated rates. And then when you get into the retail sector, we are, of course, in a low sort of um, economic environment. Mm. GDP growth is moderate. Wage inflation is quite moderate and CPI is moderate. Um, And then you've got the structural backdrop of of online retail. So online retail has been growing tremendously, um, but it's started to sort of plateau um, at around that 8-9% of total retail sales. Mm. Um, Nevertheless, it's been taking a greater share of, of you know the consumers wallet yep um, so people um, are more likely to say buy something online than they were many years ago yep. Um. and some shopping centers have, have taken the hit on that yep. Um. very much the case that the shopping centers we in the best locations with mm-hmm. the best spread of retailers like at Chadston um, are performing really well yeah so you guys really take a deep dive
0: when you look at the different companies yeah. and what they do. And what I love about it is, so with listed real estate investment investment mm-hmm. trusts and investing into these kinds of things is that you can do it with any sort of dollar amount. Um, whereas you look into your your general residential property investor, um, they might have a smaller capital balance that they can allocate towards a property portfolio, mm-hmm. but when we start comparing the assets that you invest in, you're really allocating towards an income play, and you want an income, sure. um, which can draw probably the best comparison to someone that invests in commercial property. Mm-hmm. Someone that might buy a factory that might generate a 7 to 10% yield, might have high risk factors, mm-hmm. or someone that might look for a longer term play, might want to own the building themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and hold it on a 15 year lease, but might be looking at the moment at between a four and 6% yield. Mm-hmm. How do you see what you guys do different to, or better than, invest? how people invest into
1: these commercial assets? Sure, Stefan, that's an excellent question. That's really at the crux of what we're trying to achieve and deliver with our funds. But not only that, the Real Estate Investment Trust proposition um, at its essence in this country is basically one about diversification, Um, and one about liquidity so you hit the nail on the head you can invest for as little as a share in a company Mm. or a minimum in our fund is a thousand dollars and for that thousand dollars hypothetically you can get a piece of about two and a half to three thousand different properties commercial properties across australia and some offshore Um, so Think about the tenant risk associated with that. You might have a multiple of that number of tenants across that whole portfolio. Um, and you can access it for as little as $1,000, hypothetically. Step that back to what you were just talking about. If you wanna buy a factory, say in Faulkner, that yep. might be leased to a manufacturer, a cabinet maker. Um, it might still cost you um, $800,000. It might yield you about six to 8% Um, but obviously there's a lot more risk that you're putting um, not only in capital but in the tenant as well. Yeah. So if that tenant packs up and leaves then you've got a massive income hole. You need to be able to have the money there to fund it through making
0: interest repayments on it until you find someone new to come in which obviously generates advertising costs and things like that but Mm. these companies that you invest in. They take care of all that.
1: That's exactly right. And given these, that the assets that these real estate investment trusts that are listed own are some of the best that exist. Yeah. So for an investor to get access to that quality of, say, a tenant covenant, they'd have to spend millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You're not, if, if, say, you wanted to take that industrial warehouse in Forkner to the next level and you want to go and buy something in the southeast of Melbourne that's leased to, say, Toll Holdings, um, that might cost you $50 million. Mm. To access that quality of covenant, you've then got to really up your ticket size.
0: Yeah. it's Some interesting stuff. Yeah. But obviously, so it sounds like a great investment. And in Australia, we love the property story, mm-hmm. that it always keeps growing. It's never going to go down. Tell me about some horror stories that you've seen when it comes to these sort of Australian property companies.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to real estate in Australia, when I tell my family and people that I meet what I do, they immediately ask, oh, so... What do you think of the residential market yeah <laughs> real estate in australia is somewhat of a hobby yeah it's a sport yeah um, but when it comes to commercial property it's relatively simpler but it's not easy so one of the horror stories i suppose that's fresh in everyone's mind is the the gfc and the impact that that had on the real estate investment trusts mm-hmm. a number of the rates Um, many of which don't exist anymore for um, a number of reasons, found themselves in this perpetual uh, circle of gearing up. So taking on a lot more debt Mm. and taking on a lot more risk. Mm -hmm. Um, So for an example, I think the average level of debt or indeed debt for some REITs would have gone through to the 60% Mm -hmm. loan to value. Um, Whereas at the moment, the gearing across the A-REIT sector is less than half that. So probably about the 28%. Um, mind you, that was through the GFC where interest rates were at a much higher level, Yeah. Um, but they're investing for, for higher growth. Not only that, the debt they were taking on was short-dated. And that's where you see a lot of these companies start to fall over when their debt levels
0: are too high, yeah. the market takes a bit of a back turn, that's and right. they just can't fund the, fund the repayments. Yeah,
1: so they took the view, a lot of the REITs in the GFC, that, oh, well, I'll take relatively cheaper short-duration debt and just roll it over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came to a point where that debt market was frozen, not available anymore, mm-hmm. so they had to issue equity to recapitalise their balance sheets. Yeah. Um, but at the moment- And what that basically
0: means for everyone out there is they ask the investors for more money. Yes. Yeah. At a very <laughs> low price, at a time
1: yeah. when a lot of people weren't too confident in how they'd managed Yes, yeah, so they wouldn't
0: reinvest again.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, s- step forward to today and you've got REIT balance sheets that are in a very, very strong position with less than half the level of debt, but also that debt is long dated and, mm. and there's a higher degree of, of fixed debt as mm-hmm. well. So if interest rates go up, um, the REIT's debt cost is relatively low because they've paid to fix the rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the debt that they take out is, could be five to 10 years um, in duration. Yep. Some REITs offshore um, that take out, you know, accessed 20 year debt facilities. Um, at a relatively fixed cost.
0: Right, so we're, p- we're talking about some pretty big numbers, some pretty yeah. big debt levels, yep. but they're obviously trying to keep the debt down. That's which right. is why you, you make your full-time job to make sure you're assessing companies properly. And as a company, your company handles, what, $1.6 billion of people's money? Correct,
1: all invested in the Australian and Asian real estate investment trusts listed market. Yep. So in Australia, we've got about $1.6 billion. And of course, that's mainly in our a READ fund. Right, so managing
0: 1.6 billion, you can't just go into one company and trust that one
1: company. You obviously spread it out. So is your portfolio always changing? It is, yeah. Look, it's an actively managed fund. We own probably 30 odd positions on average at Mm. the moment we might have around there. Um, Obviously part of delivering a solid, sustainable um, income distribution to our investors Mm. that's low risk, you need to be diversified. So we obviously make the assessment to own more or less of some companies, mm-hmm. um, but a number of companies nonetheless that will give us a spread across um, size for liquidity as well as sector and market that we think will get the best exposure to and deliver what we're trying to for our investors, which is a low risk, um, high relative income return.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So based on that, low risk, high income return, leads us straight into what is the type of investor that you think would normally invest into Australian
1: listed real estate investment trusts? Mm-hmm. Well, look, it's basically an investor that's focused on maximizing their income. Yeah, um, It's not for the investor that thinks, I'll make a quick multiple on my ongoing investment. I'm happy to wear a heap of volatility, but I want a quick sharp gain of 50, 100%. Yep. Um, the ap and rate funds probably delivered, you know, low teens mid teen um, per annum returns over yep. the last 5 years yep. um, but mostly we target an income return at the moment it's it's yielding 5.95% per annum and you know we say to our investors if you can get the income return plus a cpi like or better than cpi like capital growth over a 5 to 7 year period mm-hmm. puts you in the you know seven to nine percent total return range that's basically what you should be investing in in our fund and the REITs for
0: yeah and approximately seven percent would be doubling your money every 10 years so that's a good little way to put it mm-hmm. for everyone else um so there you go you list, you've learned a little bit about investing into listed australian real estate investment trust or listed australian property companies as well um mark thanks a lot for coming on mate Uh, Look on for next time and hopefully we'll have him on again in the future. Thanks for having me,
1: Stefan. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Investor Types podcast. What I want to remind you is that everything you heard in this podcast is general advice only. Please don't consider it as personal advice. If you do want to consider, consider it as being personal advice, please go and speak to your licensed financial planner. Everything here is just informational purposes only. Take it as you will. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again for tuning in. See you soon.